It is the 200 level episode 356 and a good Sunday morning to you, Mike Carpenter in the basement studio. I don't know how much we're going to talk about Illinois Purdue. I think it goes a little past that and it is kind of accelerated to just the existential dread that Illini fans feel way too often with their football program. Titled this podcast, Same As It Ever Was. Talking Heads, Once in a Lifetime, great song, of course, and actually later this week, going to go see the re-release of Stop Making Sense, which is one of the best concert movies ever. Same as it ever was. And repeat that a few times. When Brett Bielema was hired, I was excited because I figured that competence was on its way. Whether or not greatness was, that was going to be left to debate, and frankly, I didn't need it. And let's be clear. I don't, nor does anyone I fan, really need greatness. That's not what we're seeking. We're seeking competence. After an 8-1 season, in which there was more good than bad, even though it did end a little bit lackluster, let's put it that way, all we really needed this year for a follow-up was competence. And against this weak-ass schedule, guess what competence gets you? Seven wins. Maybe eight. I don't know. At the beginning of the season, when I boldly predicted nine and three, the idea was that everyone on the schedule not named Penn State, and maybe Iowa, even though Cade McNamara is down, but who cares, was not that great. And sure, Toledo might be a little better than you thought. Kansas is probably solid. Penn State's Penn State. But guess what? The rest of the schedule sucks, including the team that just beat you 44 to 19. Now, fortunately for me, I had a gig last night. So at halftime, I started getting things ready to go. I watched the first Purdue touchdown in the second half and said, great, this is my cue to go to Poor Brothers, set up for the gig, forget about it. Sure enough, I'm still checking my phone, hoping for the best. I guess on my way to Poor Brothers is when Pat Bryant missed or dropped a catch that would have been a touchdown. Have not bothered to see the replay on that, because what's the point? Yesterday doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, because there were much larger fish to fry. But before I get into those much larger fish, let's talk about yesterday, and why it was so incredibly damaging. I mentioned it earlier this week. Losing to Purdue would be damaging on many fronts. There is the Big Ten West race, which, come on, that, that ain't happening. Done. Done so. Like, why, it'd be comical to bring it up at this point. It is damaging in terms of fan perception of what the hell this thing is. Three years in a row, you've lost two per freaking do. Seven of eight, you've lost two per freaking do. I was going to call this thing per poo, but I felt like that was maybe a little bit too crass. And... I'm kind of sick of it. I think Illini fans are sick of it. Purdue is not a juggernaut. Now we're in a position where we're longing to be Purdue football. Are you kidding me? Well, such is our lot in life. I guess that's what exa- that's exactly what we're hoping to be, is Purdue. It was damaging because you lost your protege, Ryan Walters. And now, if any Illini fan wants to say, well, he was the reason you were successful the last two years, you can't exactly shout them down for that. They might be right. They might be right that Ryan Walters was the reason that we were worth a crap in 2021 and 22. Because I know the other side of the ball hasn't really been helping things. We'll get to that later, don't worry. And damaging in the macro. There are recruiting battles to be won. There is a program to sell. What are you selling now? Anyone that has watched this team this year now understands that this wasn't, well, let's fix this, fix that, clean this thing up, and we might have something. No, this is an outright bad football team, and there is no excuse or reason for why it should be this bad. And we'll talk about the coordinators. We will. Who hired him? Brett Bielema. By my count, one for four on coordinating hires. And that one is now at Purdue. The boy wonder 
just kicked your ass yesterday. The boy wonder just outcoached your ass yesterday. Man, I thought I was going to come into this not angry. More apathetic. Nope. That ain't, no, that's not happening. Of course I'm angry. Now, I didn't really have the opportunity to be angry yesterday because I had other things to think about. And thank God for that. But it was so damaging. I knew it'd be damaging no matter how you lost. And not only did you lose, you lost 44 to 19. You got your butts kicked by a Purdue team that might go five and seven. They might. Maybe. Don't count on it. So where does that leave you with Nebraska coming to town on Friday? I'll tell you a few things it's going to leave you. It's going to leave you about 30,000 people in the stadium. I mentioned last podcast, fan however you want. And if your fandom says, I'm not setting foot in that stadium until they figure their crap out, good on you. That's fine. You don't owe them anything. You don't owe this coaching staff or athletic department anything. For the decades or however long you've been rooting for this poverty-ass program that continues to disappoint, even when there are not actually good reasons for them to disappoint, when they talent-wise should have matched up every bit as well as Purdue yesterday and still find a way to embarrass themselves on a streaming service that hardly anyone watched. Thank God for that. Imagine if that game was at night on NBC. Thank your lucky stars that you were so lackluster along with Purdue to start the year that it was only the hardcore fans that bothered paying the $5.99 a month, which they will maybe promptly cancel. And by the way, thank you, Trevor, for sharing your password yesterday. (laughs) We should have known. We should have known when Luke Altmaier sails a pass 10 yards over Hank Boyer's head. Should have known. We should have known at the strip sack. There were many moments of should have known. And I guess my overwhelming feeling this morning and why maybe I'm so angry is I feel like a moron. I feel duped and bamboozled as I have so many times with Illinois football. And you know what's frustrating about it? If I can kind of give myself a little pat on the back here and other Illini fans that each year they go into it thinking, hey, hey, we might have something this year. Guess what? They actually should have had something this year. They should have. I don't think it's a Jimmy's and Joe's talent issue that we have here. When you consider the absolute garbage teams that you're playing, they are not crazily outmatching you other than a Jalen Daniels, who is a special talent, and Penn State being Penn State. The other three, I'll, I'll say those two games can be what they are. Kansas and Penn State can be what they are. They can remain the same final scores that you already experienced. It's the other three games that leave you thinking, what the heck is going on? How can it be this bad? How can we be this stupid and messy? That's inexcusable what happened yesterday. In other ways, it's inexcusable what happened against Florida Atlantic. But I was silly enough, silly me, to actually think that maybe they can, you know, tweak, figure things out. And that was just a game to kind of warm up, you know, get ramped up in time for Purdue in the Big Ten West race. I am tired of feeling duped. I'm absolutely tired of it. If you're an Illini fan and many of them, I mean, I'm going to get to the tweets yesterday. Because I get to the venue, set up for the gig, and I just say, all right, Tomorrow's episode of the 200 level should be fun. And by fun, I mean freaking miserable. Give me your catharsis, Alani fans. I didn't get catharsis so much as existential dread, apathy, hopelessness, just checking out before the calendar even turned to October. Most Alani fans are checked out. I don't want to hear about a path to a bowl game. It's not right now. It's not about that. This team is so bad that there's not a game I'm going to walk into thinking, yeah, we got this. Why would I? I mean, beyond the lack of execution, where's the hunger? Where's the drive? This should have been a game that they wanted to go in and kick Purdue's butt for what happened last year. They're sleepwalking out there. They're sleepwalking. They look terrible. They're embarrassing. 
and I'm fed up with it. And they are unfortunately probably getting the wrath of Illini fans and all the disappointments from years past. They are getting so much built-up wrath from me and others. But you know what? You talked a big game this offseason, from Brett Bielema all the way down to the Water Boys. You talked a big game about how this was going to be different. The 10,000 season tickets, people bought into your ass despite a 1-4 finish to end last year. You were 1-8 in your last nine games against Power 5 competition. Is last October clearly the aberration? It appears so. Are we really doing this in the last best chance this school or program may have to stack some wins before the USC's and the Washington's start popping up on your schedule along with the occasional Ohio State? You can't even take advantage of this schedule? What is wrong with you? They're getting paid too much for this. And that's the product they're putting on the field for you, the Illini fan, that actually was willing to buy into this thing, myself included, and that's all they're giving you. Pathetic. Before I get to the tweets and we talk more, let's take a breather. DP Doe, online at dpdoe.com for all the best deals and prices, dpdoe.com. You can order a custom zone with any topping you want or one of their favorites like the Maui Wowie or the Buffer Zone. Now, sadly, I don't know how many celebratory calzones you're going to have this year. So here's an idea. Business lunches are one thing that a lot of people don't think about with DP Doe, but again, they deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. You're at the office. You want to get something cheap, something filling. DPDoe.com. Love DP Doe. I need to get a calzone from them soon because it's been way too long. Hey, also got to thank Owen Builders LLC online at owenbuildersllc.com. Luke and his staff, expert craftsmen. They are so good at what they do. And also the communication that they have, that sets them apart from some other contractors. And for people that have had home projects done, you know what I'm talking about. It can be a little bit arduous. Not with Luke and his staff. That's Owen Builders llc.com. Also, State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com for life, auto, home, business, renters, you name it. Brian is my guy and he can be your guy as well. That's brianismyguy.com. Uh, one thing real quick, everybody. Oh, wait, before I get to that, sorry, one more. Got to thank, of course, Dogtown Heating Air and Plumbing, your home's best friend online, or sorry, not online, give them a call at 217. 217- 841-4728. It's about that time for Furnace Check. We got ours on the books. So that is, again, Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing, your home's best friend at uh, 217-841-4728. Also got to thank uh, Champagne Showers Podcast Network. And thank you, the listener. Ratings and reviews help, even after angry games like this. One sec, I'm just saving the progress of this podcast. There we go, it's saved. <laughs> That's why I was... Flipping out a little bit. I usually have all these different feeds going in case one of them craps out. (sighs) Okay. So, where do we start? Where do we start? Where do we start? You know, I I said the very first podcast back why this is not going to be 02 and 08. I was right. This is going to be 2009. This is worse than 02 and 08. In 02, you did start one and four, I believe, or one and three. Either way, lost on the road or lost in St. Louis to Missouri, lost on the road to Southern Miss, came back home, beat some scrub team, I forget, and then you lost to San Jose State, yeah, one and three, and then you lost to Michigan pretty considerably. That was one and four. Now, that was devastating after the Sugar Bowl. You ended up winning four of your last seven, finished five and seven, right? Almost beat Ohio State at home to get to a bowl game. Disappointing year. I think the writing was on the wall. And we kind of knew that, oh boy, there was that sort of crap, this isn't going to work. But at least they looked functional by the end of the year. And yeah, there's still games left for this team, but we'll get to that. 08, obviously a disappointment. Lose to Missouri again. Then you rattle off a few wins, but it was really the home loss to Minnesota. And then, of course, Western Michigan is the one that everyone remembers. But th- there were a lot of stinkers in that 08 season. I guess the highlight would have been beating Iowa at home. But even then, it felt like too little too late. And just some boneheaded moves by Zook. I just remember a timeout that made no sense late in the game. that gave Iowa a chance to come back and win, though fortunately they did not. But no, this seems to be trending to 09. 
Because here's the difference with 02 and 08. 02, for example, you still had three or four NFL wide receivers on your team. You still had Antonio Harris as your running back. You had proven commodities. You had some defenders that were still there. I think Eugene Wilson was still on the 02 team, right? But regardless, you had enough to say, boy, they really are not playing up to standards right now. And then in 08, you still had Juice, still had Relius Ben. You know, you had talent. I mean, Zook's problem was never really talent. It was just a mess. But 09, the 3-9 and nine season where it just wasn't right from the get-go. There wasn't even a glimmer. You know, randomly they beat Michigan on Halloween. That was a fun game, but that's what this season is. This is 09. And I don't think I'm writing the book too early on this because what I was doing week after week was granting this team way too much grace for their own good. They were telling us from game one that they aren't good. Right in our face. Guys, we aren't good. All this bloviating we did in the offseason about how great this was going to be. No, it's not. You know what the scare... It just hit me. The scariest thing, the coaching staff legitimately believed they were going to be good this year. They legitimately believed that. Out of all the things that infuriate me, that might be the most. And it also scares the crap out of me that people this smart could be so wrong about their team. It's one of two options and neither one is good. They're inept at coaching or they are terrible at evaluating their own roster. Hence the ridiculous expectations. Well, apparently now, ridiculous expectations they hoisted on themselves. Don't let them off the hook for that. Now, you could say, Carp, how about you stop being a fanboy and buying into that? That's a fair, fair criticism. Historically, I should not have bought into it. Recency bias kind of led me that direction, but also this notion that, wait a second, again, this is the skinniest cat, skinniest kid at fat, fat camp argument. Excuse me, I can't get that out. Meaning, even if all these things were true and Illinois wasn't that great, it's not like I thought Illinois was a, a playoff team this year. My thing was, you're going to be fine, potentially just as good as last year, and guess what? Everybody else stinks. That's what's even more infuriating about this. All we were saying for those that were predicting 7-8 and then for my silly-ass case, 9 wins, and sorry for saying ass repeatedly, but it's basically the most PG-13 thing I can, is that even if you aren't great, there's a lot of bad on your schedule. And you, you should be able to make hay with it. Keyword, should. Do not let the coaching staff off the hook for this. Do not. Whether you believed it or not, they're getting paid to build and sell this program. It's college football. You still got to sell it. They sold it. They didn't build a damn thing other than a really weak team that has hardly any redeeming qualities right now. When we're talking about a freshman running back, and I like Fagan, but when he is your highlight yesterday in the second half against a very weak run defense by Purdue, and I like him. Don't get me wrong. I like him. But when that's the positive takeaway, you are in the dregs. I mean, the depths, the bowels of college football. Think about it. You go from relevancy a year ago when you beat Wisconsin on October 1st of 2022. Put Big Ten fans on alert. Whoa, what's... Wow. Bielma still got it. And a year later, afterthought. You're the win on the schedule. Again, you are the win on opposing team schedules. You're the team that's going to inspire Nebraska to come in and actually put full, put forth an effort where they could win on Friday. I mean, not could. I don't know what the spread's going to be. Let's say Illinois minus three and a half. As bad as we looked yesterday, I can just imagine that because Nebraska, of course, at home against Michigan didn't look good. But I'm not even so worried about the individual games. There's not anything that can happen against Nebraska that's really going to turn the tide. Let's say they win by three. A win is a win. Nebraska's terrible. I have no faith in this team sustaining anything because it is a top-down mess of execution, of schematics, everything. What is this team's identity? What do they do well? 
Let's start with the offense. It is a jumbled mess. When I have to start picking and choosing one series a game where I say, hey, Lundy made some good plays, play calls right there, usually the opening drive. When I have to pick and choose series, that means it is not an offense worth a damn. It is not. It's college football. It's not that hard to score in college football. And they make it seem like the most laborious thing you could imagine. 0 for 2, Brett. 0 for 2. Tony Peterson, Barry Lunny. And it's a, it's a shame. I'm not trying to make this personal with Barry. It's about the performance. Enjoy the interview back in July, but I'm sorry. This is the product you put out there. I got to call it out. There's no identity. You can't run consistently. You got a quarterback that's getting murdered back there. I really don't have any problems with Luke. Yeah, the strip sack was terrible. Big mistake. Plenty of game left after that. Did he put the ball in harm's way after that? I don't I don't know. I don't think so. He's getting murdered. Why would he not want to transfer after this? Isaiah Williams leaves. His one target that can actually, you know, catch a ball. And he's getting his bell rung every single week. Bart Miller? I don't know. I thought he was the uh, offensive line savant. Apparently not. But I can talk about Lonnie. I can talk about Bart Miller. Who hired him? Whose program is this? Who's making about $5, 6000000 million a year to run this thing? Don't lose sight of that. Are we going to do the Ron Zook Band-Aid thing again? Probably. Yeah, probably so. Thing is, you locked in Barry Lunny to an extension last year. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Where was he going to go? This is what cracks me up. That was a very Gunther-esque move from Josh Whitman, who I have generally liked what he's done post-Levy. But that is a Gunther-esque move. Why, why are we locking him in? Barry Lunny should be paying Chase Brown and Tommy DeVito royalties for that extension. Because you take them out of the mix, and what I see is, I, I don't know what I see. I'm, we're 17, 18 games in. I don't, know what it, I don't know what it is. As they say in office space, what exactly do you do here? I might have, I might have botched that, <laughs> but you get the point. I could talk about Aaron Henry, but again, I don't know. I thought, Bear, I thought Brett Bielman's specialty was defense. I thought it was line play. You got an All-American, Johnny Newton, who I assume is playing fine. But the thing is, Purdue and their defensive line was a lot more disruptive than yours yesterday. Purdue's. Have you watched them this year? They're bad. Don't let yesterday fool you. They're still bad. You didn't lose to a Purdue team that all of a sudden awakened and figured everything out and just so happened to be against Illinois on one sunny Saturday in West Lafayette. No. You got your butts kicked by a team that is objectively not good. Hmm. Where does that leave us? Not in a good place. I hope this adds some catharsis. I mean, you might be saying, what is the point of this? Jesus, Carp. But let's get to the tweets from yesterday because this was what people were tweeting immediately after. Again, I'm distracted. I'm getting ready for the gig. From Bobo, this team isn't winning another game this season. They are so bad. I bet they win a couple more. I think it's four and eight from what I'm seeing because <laughs> they periodically do have these moments. Football is weird where teams can kind of rally in the weirdest of times. And just pop one off. I mean, keep in mind, Lovey Smith's third team in 2018 went 4-8. There was a random game against Minnesota at home where they smoked him. And we went on the radio the next week, and I said, yeah, it's great, but it doesn't mean anything. That's, that was fun. I had fun on that one Saturday at the stadium, but this doesn't really mean anything. Reggie Corbin went nuts, if you remember that game. So, Bobo, I think they will win another game or two. But what is it? It doesn't matter, because... The momentum is gone. There, There is no momentum. That's dead and over with. And now you got to build it back up. But the problem is every time you squander momentum, trying to ramp it back up is that much harder. 
This is from David. This is no longer catharsis. This is the death of a program. Today was like watching Lovey, Illinois. All I needed today was be thrown a bone, at least hang tough, against Purdue. This program can't even do that. Beyond done. Won't ever be stepping in that stadium again. David, you were not alone. Um, now, the word ever, if you hold to that, kudos to you, because of, <laughs> this is a really poor comparison. I understand that, but battered fan syndrome. I mean, eventually you, I, I say this, there's going to be these moments throughout the week where I think, oh, well, you know, if you beat Nebraska, who cares? doesn't matter. That's the fan in me. The battered fan in me is like, well, you know, I mean, they won't slap me this time. I know that I, again, this is crass. I understand that, but think about it from a sports perspective, Bears fans, Alani fans, Cubs fans before the world series championship, you know, you have these moments where you're so frustrated and David, I understand it where you say, I'm not coming back. I'm done for me. It's not so much. I'm not coming back. I'm done. It's I'm emotionally divesting and putting that investment into other things. For me, the escape, if you well, it's more than escape, it's a passion, is music. So, okay, I'm going to start writing music again. Let's work on album number six. Going to see you two in, at the Sphere in Las Vegas. My wife and I are going to Vegas here in a couple weeks. Focus on the things you, you can look forward to, right? For me, they're usually music-centered. But there's other things I can do, too. I love watching movies. Why not, I'll watch more movies. Haven't watched The Simpsons in a while. I mean, what, the point is this. Sports are to be for entertainment and to make us feel good but the problem with sports in comparison to other forms of entertainment is that your enjoyment is contingent on the on-field performance whereas with music and movies or any other kind of entertainment you get to choose things that you know you'll enjoy there's never that guarantee with sports but unfortunately with Illinois football they have not given you much of anything ever so, David, I get it. And if you hold to that, God bless you. From Jacob, nothing to hang your hat on except that the special teams has been fine. That is true. They fixed that. I guess coordinators matter, but <laughs> that might be one example. Disher's doing a good job. Everything else is a disaster. Was it too much to expect back-to-back bowl years in year three? No, it was not, Jacob. It was not too much to expect against the schedule is what you should have expected. You aren't getting it. You won't get it. And you should be pissed about it. And if not pissed, apathetic and say, I'm going to do other things with my fall weekends. Sad to say that on October 1st. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. It's a terrible feeling. One sec. Let me get some coffee. Uh, okay, this is from Sweet Lou. Officially done caring. This program is hopeless. See no fix. I wish I could say some of the contrary, sweet Lou. Lon and I often had conversations about this. And it is true that when Lovey was here, we both kind of say, well, if it doesn't work with Lovey, it won't work with anybody. And then Bielma comes in here, has a good second year. I have a hard time going down the, well, it can't happen here because there's not really any reasonable explanation as to why it could not happen here but it never has so eventually what if that's just what it is sucks for the 200 level I mean here's the thing this sucks to high heaven we got a month until basketball starts I'm just gonna bitch and moan about Illinois football for a month I mean I don't want to but until they give me something, anything, I mean, goodness gracious. Alexander Owen says, unfortunately, the expectation of at least making a bowl game is out the window. Yeah, it's no, no, you're making a bowl game. It's just <laughs> the Oski powwow says, get rid of the program. You know, it just it just sucks, Oski powwow, because <laughs> I'll call you by your Twitter name. It sucks because when it's good or even competent, it's so good. Last October was so much fun. I don't even need that. Give me like 500 freaking record against Power 5 teams. We aren't asking for much. Why do, why do they insist on sucking? Why does this program insist, make a point of sucking and not just sucking, but at the worst 
possible times. Usually, after they give you a glimmer, and they're like, no, 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 no. They're, they're Lucy with the football. And we're just a bunch of Charlie Browns, and we're trying, doggone it, we're trying. It's a hard world out there when you're Charlie Brown. Blockhead says, outside the obvious O-line disaster, there's a disconnect with the coordinators. O is recruited, offense is recruited and built with huge running backs. Big OL, possession wide receivers, but we do spread concepts. Very little downhill running. D has strong defensive line, athletic outside linebackers, young DBs, but we aren't aggressive getting at the QB. Blockhead, that is a fantastic tweet. This team has an identity crisis. They're going to say identity probably a couple more times at Monday's press conference, which I'm not going to bother listening to because I don't need to hear their garbage until I actually see it on the field. And that, again, goes to the top. Dictate what your identity is. I say, what is it exactly that you do here about Barry Lonnie or Aaron Henry? I mean, it goes to the top. I've been a huge Brett Bielema stan, as the kids say. But I can't do that right now because he's not giving me reasons to be optimistic. Let's say they lost these three games in heartbreaking fashion but they looked competent. We are having a very different podcast today. But they have not looked competent. They've looked outright bad. That's why we're talking like this. Kay Andrew says, there's nothing you can say or do to convince me this isn't a team with seven and five on-field talent getting four and eight coach with two and 10 schematics. Not a gosh darn thing. That's a fantastic tweet as well, Kay Andrew. And I also like the inclusion of the Ned Flanders' parents. We've tried nothing and we're all out of ideas, man. From C. Vance, here's the deal. Every time the defense has a penalty to extend a drive, the other team scores. Pat Bryant holds on to that bomb for a TD. This is an entirely different game. Too bad it didn't happen and this team just sucks. Embarrassing. This will never be a good program. I did not see the Pat Bryant thing. I had no reason last night. I was, I was trying to maybe find it on YouTube, and I was like, why would I do that? I could instead watch clips of U2 at the Sphere in this incredible new venue in Las Vegas. Why would I subject myself to a wide receiver who I'm pretty sure the coaches have said has NFL potential? Maybe he does. I haven't seen it. Just dropping a surefire touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. Josh B. Oh, by the way, before I go to Josh's, C. Vance also says this will never be a good program. This is a thread I'm seeing. Absolute hopelessness from the fan base. That's where we're at this morning because of how bad they were. Well done, guys. Well done, team. I'm pissed. I'm so fed up with this garbage, and I'm so fed up with this cavalcade. You can't even say mediocrity. You can't. This is beyond mediocre. This is just garbage. And they have too much. I agree. I agree here with uh, K. Andrew. Given the schedule, that's 7-5 talent over there. It is. Why are they playing like a 2-10 and 10 team? 4-8. and eight. I'm going to go 4-8. and eight. It's my new amended prediction. Five wins off. I was close. Jesus. From Josh. Th- third down conversions told a big story today. Partially because Purdue was always third and three and we were third and 12. Miserable performance and looks like another letdown of a year. We just need to accept we aren't going to have good, consistent football. Oh, it's devastating. Every now and again, it's like this big wave that comes over me. And like, I'm still going to go to the tailgates because that's a thing that me and my friends and family do. And that's fun. And I'll be there Friday for a little bit. I'm just going to watch the game on TV. This team is not worthy of your support. They aren't. If you want to watch it in person, go for it. Good on you. But <laughs> I applaud you. It's going to be like, one-third of the fans and they're going to be wearing reds. We, we had to deal with Nebraska fans this week. Fantastic. But, Josh, it just there was a wave that came over me when you said that. Here is the reality. And there's got to be a psychological condition to this. Some name. Where each successive time that you are disappointed or let down, it takes that much more for the other person to reinstill trust or confidence, right? Every time this football program fails to this degree, every time, it will take that much more 
to get people engaged with it again. It's going to take a hell of a lot. And if I were sitting here today saying, can Brett Bielema be the guy to do that? I don't know. Yeah, it's only year three. Yeah, there's a lot to be done. But you know what? This is a a very different landscape than what college football was five years ago. The transfer portal, name, image, likeness, give us an opportunity, if we take it, to avoid any prolonged sort of rebuilds. It does give us that opportunity. Whether or not we take it, that's kind of up to whoever the coach is. But right now, this thing is so broken after being really good for a short time, right? That unfortunately, in the Bielema era, we've now it's starting to trend that we've seen more bad than good. You know, that pendulum is starting to swing back, and it's unfortunately kind of right in the middle where you would say, well, yeah, there were the good, competent performances that we saw, even in losses in 2021. And then last year, the losses in November, you know, we, we could explain those away a little bit, and some of those explanations made sense. But it's so bad right now that it's kind of reframing the success that you did have and making you question how legit was that? I don't know. Is he the kind of personality that's going to be able to grab Alani fans back into this? I like his personality. I like the way he conducts himself. I like his press conferences and what I view to be an authentic guy. I, I really do. But is he the electric personality to get everyone back? You might be saying, Carp, it's only October 1st. Why are you talking like this? Guys, the writing's on the wall. For this season. Now the question is, okay, how do they recover in order to have a positive 2024? How do they recover in order to build this thing? When recruiting, as we already knew, was not his strongest suit. There was a few good guys he's brought in, but we thought this is a developmental program. What developmental process are we seeing take place? I know it's year three, but how long do we grant? I I hate that these questions are coming in. I I hate them, but you know what? You got to ask them. I, oh, Big Tone says, <laughs> or Big Tone says, sorry for yelling at you last week. I, I did not see that, Big Tone. So it was probably the early part of the Florida Atlantic game when I was a little peeved. Greg says, honestly, at this point, I'm too tired to vent. Don't worry, Gary. I'll do it for you. It would be more effort than this performance deserves. Yeah, I feel like I'll be more exhausted than they are they were yesterday. No, that's not true. I listen, it's I don't know if it's an effort thing. It probably is not an effort thing. It's just an execution messiness, sloppiness. You know, whatever intangible things they need to go beyond just effort though, but they aren't there. And I just cannot believe that yesterday your performance against the team that kept you from Indy was that. that that's that's very troubling. From Brian, I'm still livid about the fourth and one call in the first quarter. Love the aggressiveness of going for it, but simple why we didn't continue to ride the momentum and go for it on the next set of downs. A good chance to get a TD in the opening drive and control of the game for once. Brian, I was torn and certainly felt a little bit of air come out of the balloon when he just kicked the field goal. I think it was a long, it was like a yard and a half, two yards. I don't think we got a great spot on it. I say it probably needs more awareness of that first down line, but in fairness, the defensive back was closing in on him. So that was a good defensive play, and yeah, I I don't know. I mean, you take the points, he got the stop, and he got the ball back, and then he gave him six. There was a fourth and one that I did not see, or fourth and inches, where, oh, oh, we're in shotgun. Sure. There was a bubble screen to Isaiah Williams. I know that pissed Isaac off. He was not feeling it. He was at the game, poor Isaac. And we'll still do a... <laughs> hey, by the way, we're going to be a Poor Brothers Friday, October 20th for the before the Illinois-Wisconsin game. A very different tenor, I'm guessing, than the one we had before Toledo. But, oh, God. Are you listening to an Illini fan have a mental breakdown. I hope it doesn't sound like that, but it's just, what the hell? Like, what? why are we here? 
It's it's just maddening. From Jake. Sad to say it, we suck again. Alani fan, nothing to say other than I'm about to cancel my Airbnb and Champagne for homecoming. Hope I can cancel my airline tickets from Orlando. People are going to stop showing up and Alani fan in Florida, I wouldn't. Yeah, if you can get that money back, do it. It's not worth it. It's not worth traveling. I mean, let's say I'm trying to think of an example here. You know, if I had away game tickets this year, which I don't. But yeah, you would think twice about whether or not it's worth that investment in time and money. Wally says, I'm just hurt. Yeah. It's a gut punch. It sucks. And it's a long fall. And we got another four weeks before the Illinois-Kansas exhibition game. I will say this. (laughs) I thought this... Yesterday, I texted this to Trevor and Isaac. I said, I'm going to take a little easier on Brad Underwood just relative to what's going on with Bieleman football right now because I have my issues with Brad Underwood. They're well documented. I, last year was a major turnoff beyond just the win-loss record. And there are certain moments like Brad Underwood had media day. We haven't talked about basketball yet. We'll, we'll get into it, and don't worry. We'll get into it soon enough, but... You know, he said, ah, we'll be fine shooting three. I'm not worried about it. And I just rolled my eyes and thought, oh, Jesus Christ. Here we go. But you know what? The guy makes tournaments. They'll make a tournament again, I think, this year. I don't think they're going to be great. But they aren't going to suck eggs. They won't. I'll take that. I'll take that over what we're seeing with football. Illinois basketball. At least we don't suck. That is true. I will give Underwood that. They do not suck. Periodically, like maybe a a game or two. But the record speaks otherwise. So thank you, Brad Underwood, genuinely, for not sucking. (laughs) Like we'll, We'll address the issues when we have to this basketball season. And there may be a few of them, but I... God, it's all relative. It's like (laughs) if you have a dating history or something and you have a really bad relationship and you're like, you know, the one before that really wasn't so bad. Hmm. Maybe I should call her again. This is from Jalen Gallows. We need to look at the program season to season. You'd hope there would be momentum season to season, but obviously that's not the case this year. Give BB a good five, seven years, and if we can make consistent bowls, I think he can and should stay. And I, I still tend to agree with that. I think five years for sure. You aren't going to fire him this year, duh. And I don't think you're going to fire him year four because that'll be, okay, you got to make your changes, address the issues, and start making the fixes year four. And if you see any sort of progress, you got to year five. So yeah, Jalen Galoza, I think five is fair um, in some ways because you have seen some good. That's what's so confounding about this. But uh there's going to have to be some major changes over there. Staff, and I'm sure they will address that. I can't see Barry Lunny being the coordinator next year. I, I just think that people will be up in arms about it. You're going to have to buy him out. I don't know why you extended him in the first place. But fortunately, got even more conference money coming in. I don't think money's so much of an issue. You know, I think it's make the changes you need to. Annie up for a legit offensive coordinator. And you're going to have to decide if Aaron Henry's the guy or not. I know it's early, but... You know, they aren't good. We could say, well, they've shown moments, and we could say, well, the offense is a bigger problem, and I would tend to agree with that. But the defense is not good, objectively. Second worst scoring defense in the Big Ten, and maybe after yesterday, they're now the worst. From worst to first, or first to worst, excuse me, that's not good. I, I don't know if you can, how can you keep him? I saw some people say, we'll just ante up and pay Jim Leonard. Why would he want to be the defensive coordinator here? He's going to try to get a head coaching job next year. Why would he want to? Yeah, no. Maybe he would if you pay him enough and he doesn't get a head coaching offer, but I don't see it. For banana champagne, there's always basketball. Oh, wait, Purdue really is really good at that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Purdue, Purdue is... Now my new Wisconsin. I used to get so annoyed with Wisconsin because it's like, look at how much freaking fun they're having at Cole Center and Camp Randall. Oh, they're so jolly. I remember one like puking in my mouth a little bit, metaphorically, fortunately, 
when we went for an Illinois Wisconsin game in 2018 and they do the build me up buttercup and oh, it's so happy. It's just, it's so jolly up there. What fun. And I thought, I hate this because I want to have the fun, but I'm not. My team sucks. Theirs does not. And it has not for about 20 years. They expect to win. They go out and hire Luke Fickle and they're probably going to win the big 10 West this year. How fun. Wouldn't that be nice? So when other people are jolly, when I'm miserable, I don't like it. With sports, no. I, I prefer everyone to be jolly. Have fun. But Purdue is my new Wisconsin. They annoy me to no end. To really no fault of their own. You know, they're just living life in West Lafayette and having a good old time and rooting for their black and gold. And just, you know, what fun. Wouldn't that be nice? Barf. From King of the Freaking World. Nice name. Chase Brown made the OL, or offensive line, look way better than it was last year. Plus, Tommy DeVito didn't hold the ball long enough to get hit. Yep. Chase Brown and Tommy DeVito should be getting royalty checks from Barry Lunny. And actually, really, Bart Miller, Brett Bielema. Don't don't lose sight. This is a... Everyone's accountable over there. So we can pick at Barry Lunny, and he's not been good. None of them have. Robbie Disher, special teams coordinator. Good job. Even though Aiden Lawfrey, for whatever reason, keeps returning it to like the 13-yard line. That has to stop. Just take the fair catch and take it at the 25. Stop giving up 12 yards. There's no return game. Stop it. Okay. Banana champagne. All the goodwill built by Brett Bielema and Josh Whitman is gone within a quarter. Well, a lot of it is. And... Boy, I'm glad I went to Florida for that bowl game. Because <laughs> I mean, when, when is that going to happen? It's it's just like the Rose Bowl. And we kind of knew then, much more so than just a, a Florida bowl game. But hey, it's the Rose Bowl. How often do you get to go to that? So we went. Florida, hey, nice winter break trip as well. And we went and had a great time despite the bowl game and the way that ended. Even the bowl game was fun. It felt like we were building something, but I even said before the season, man, I'd be ecstatic with the Music City Bowl. Right now, I'd be ecstatic with the Little Caesars Bowl. I mean, legit, that would be fine. They aren't going to make a bowl, but just saying if they did. I mean, we aren't going to talk bowl game until they beat Nebraska and actually look good against Maryland. And that is a scary matchup right now. I mean, Maryland is cooking. They're the toughest game left because Iowa without Cade McNamara... They're going to average like 13 points a game. This is from G. Gordon Liddy. Glad I decided to do yard work during the second half. Smart, G. Gordon Liddy. Frank Deere says, this is Illinois football. A good season that gets our hopes up, followed by a bad season that rips our hearts out. Illinois football is not good. We may just have to accept that and move on. Yeah, I, until it is, it isn't. Show us. What a shame. You have... Tens of thousands of fans that are still there every Saturday. Every Saturday. So you got a base. You have just done irreparable, almost irre- like completely irreparable damage to the casual fan or even... No, you, well, you've done to hardcore fans, trust me, but we're, we're still going because we're nuts. <laughs> but... To the people that would turn that 35,000 base into a 50,000, 60,000. No, you've you've done irreparable damage. It's going to take a Herculean effort for Brett Bielema to give that back. And I'm trying to think, am I, am I overreacting to that? But guys, read the room. Read the Twitter sphere at your own risk. Read the lots of Memorial Stadium on Friday which wasn't going to be all that great on a Friday anyways, but if you were 3-2, and it would have some juice to it. All they had to do was beat a bad Purdue team. And even if they lose a shootout, I mean, I don't think we're having this sort of quite the despondent existential conversation we're having. But instead, they get their doors blown off. So, yeah, irreparable damage? I kind of think so irreparable where it will take a long time. And uh, I don't know. I guess I guess I'll keep going. I mean, hey, 10,000 new season tickets. What's the retention rate? 50%? Like I think less than that. I don't know. 
they certainly are not going to be putting the butts in the seat. And there's going to have to be, unfortunately, ticket incentives going into next season to keep people. From Justa, I have to say they've earned every bit of vitriol you give them. I don't like giving vitriol. I think the unfortunate thing, you know, I've been doing this for what? Uh, the podcast since 2019 and radio since 2011. And really, I started in radio in 2003. I was in high school and I did the Alani Drive at 5. Started that in the summer of my sophomore year of high school because they just needed somebody and I was like, I like it. So that kind of got me into it. And over the years, some have maybe thought of me as some sort of firebrand. You know, this just very loud and obnoxious, angry fan. But I truly try to reserve the anger for when it's warranted. It's warranted now. I think that one of the funniest compliments, I guess Jeremy was at a press conference one time, and this is during the Lovey Smith era. And I guess Lauren Tate, and I did talk to Lauren Tate once on the phone because at the start of the podcast, or maybe this was 93.5 days, I think we were trying to line up an interview or something. He's a legend. You know, he's seen it all. And boys, he's seen a lot of bad. He's a patient individual. But I think he said something to Jeremy along the lines of, man, that game on Saturday, that that's really going to get carp ticked off or something like that. So I, I bring that up to say that I am not trying to position myself as the angry fan. I have different standards for Illinois football and basketball, and historically, I think we should. With football, it is not a very high bar to clear for me to be okay with it. Five and seven in Brett Bielma's first year, hey, okay. Other than Virginia and Wisconsin, and yeah, UTSA was a bummer, but all right. I'll even grant you the Rutgers loss. That's a bummer, but eh, year one. Eh, it's okay. Year two, wow, a lot of fun. And then I granted you all those disappointments in November. I mean, you lost to Mel Tucker. Can we talk about that for a second? You lost to Mel Tucker and about like eight suspended players, Michigan State. They kind of beat you up pretty good. Should have been a warning sign. And then Purdue, oh boy, well, I didn't ex- I didn't explain that one away. And then Michigan, oh, what a tough loss. And that, that legit was, but like, geez, wheeze. At a certain point, when you're one and eight, in your last nine against Power 5 teams, we got a problem here. And the way you lost yesterday, that's where the vitriol comes out. Again, if this goes OT and Hudson Card is slinging it and just makes a couple more plays than you do, that hurts and that stings and it hurts your bowl chances, but we are not having the existential conversation we're having today. I am not spewing this vitriol if that's how the game would have went. But it did. And they deserve the vitriol. So thank you, Justin. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> all right, boy, oh boy, from Sean. I don't know if he can, if he can, but possibly move Leonard up to DC or something. Henry defense is not cutting it. Same with Lun- Lunny. Putrid game plan. Illinois always looks clueless. Sean, I, yeah, the game plans look bad. It's just Brett Bielma has to be more involved. There was no urgency before the Purdue game. That's what I don't, I don't get. I think they legitimately thought after Florida Atlantic, okay, cool, just a tweak here and a tweak there. And to an extent, I did too because I thought Purdue was going to be bad. And again, I still think they are. But why not the urgency before Purdue? This is the biggest, let's be honest, out of all the games that we could win this year, that probably would have been the one that most Atlanta fans would have chose. Either Purdue, Wisconsin, or Iowa. Probably. Ah, Penn State would have been fun for sure. But I'm talking about teams that you regularly play and you have some relationship with. And at Purdue against Brian Walters and his swaggering bravado, guess what? He's earned it after yesterday. I mean, he made Brett Bielema and this Illinois program look small and insignificant. If I'm a recruit and I'm waffling between the two and I see that game, it matters. It really matters. God, just a very unlikable team right now. I mean, across the board, the, the stupid penalties, all of that. It's just, yeah, this is from Roger. You let your expectations crush your common sense. That may be true, but again, Roger, crap schedule. I'm going to die on that hill. I mean, 
and and the numbers bear it out, the records bear it out. You got a bunch of patsies coming up on this schedule, and it won't matter, I don't think, and that's that's a shame. This is from Gutter. In addition to all the poor play, what annoys me is the undisciplined penalties we take. Our players, especially on defense, seemingly talk crap after making one good play, and I await the unsportsmanlike penalty each time. Just do your job, shut up, and get ready for the next play. Yep, I can't disagree. It's it's Devin Witherspoon play with an edge. I know Taz likes to play with an edge. And it's not a bad thing, but it's just pick your spots. And please don't do it on third down. I Listen, there were a couple of plays. There was one defensive holding, I want to say, maybe on Xavier Scott that I thought was fairly weak. That extended a drive that ended in a touchdown. There was a pass interference against Taz that just, I don't think it was. But unfortunately, I do think that as good as the secondary has been over the last few years, there's like this reputation that's developed and these refs are looking for things. So don't give them, don't fuel their perception of you. Don't give them that ammo to say, oh, oh, he's talking trash. Here's a flag. Listen, I think they should be able to talk all the trash they want. It's football. But if that's the rule, you got to be cognizant of that. And we're sending two and three looking terrible. I mean, you cannot. You have no... You're in no position to do that right now. Your tail should be between your legs a little bit here, and then you figure out, okay, how do we get back to respectability? Okay, so what's next? Oh, real quick, I got some things in the YouTube feed, and sorry for not responding, everybody. My internet was a little bit iffy down here. From Jay, this feels like a year one loss, not a year three loss, having doubts with Brett and this staff. Preseason All-American D-tackle, and yet this defense stinks. With these brand new facilities, it hasn't helped recruiting at all. Wait until the Pac-10 comes. Wow, this will get ugly if recruiting doesn't change. Yeah, they got to pick it up and they got to hit the transfer portal and the NIL is going to have to ante up too because you essentially are in a pay-to-play kind of thing here. You are luring free agents to come play for you. Here's a starting job. Here's a bag of cash. Come. And that has to be the plan now because there are going to be major issues to address this offseason. Your offensive line needs complete overhaul. Kroots can stay. Geske looks all right. <laughs> but, yeah. Pearl and Adams will be gone. Chrysler is out of the rotation, and I would I wouldn't be surprised if he's just a non-factor forever. I don't know. You got Henderson to come in. You got Wittnack. No, you got to go out and get a bunch of guys. You just have to. And maybe a new O-line coach. But the thing is, this is Brett Bielema's guy, is the O-line coach. Why is this so bad right now? As I said yesterday on Twitter, you had an, an entire offseason. What did they do this offseason? What did they do? I'm, I am truly confounded as to what they did for nine months. Did they just stop prepping? I mean, did they think, uh, we're, we're I, I don't know. What happened? And then we get like Big Ten Network coming in here. This is what's so crazy. Big Ten Network comes in for camp, and they're like, man, the way these guys are running it, wow. Um, the, the Illinois is really changing things around. They had Big Ten Network guys, three of the four, pick Illinois to win the Big Ten West. And guess what? I know it sounds ludicrous now, but if you look at the context of Brett Bielema and his career, the pedigree of this coaching staff based on their track record, the returning players, and again, a really weak division. That was not outlandish. It wasn't. So don't let past history just say, well, there's some there's some witch or or some sort of uh, you know mystical creature out there that is casting spells on Illinois football. That's why they aren't doing it. No, don't believe in jinxes, don't believe in hexes, superstitions, all of that is crap. That does not explain away why this team is as bad as they are. That takes the onus off of them. It's sort of like when people would say the curse of the Bambino, and as a Yankees fan, I'd say that's, no, stop it. It's not a curse. They've just stunk. Own it. Own it, Illinois. Own the fact that you are failing right now. What's the fix? Now, this goes to the very top with Josh Whitman. You got to have some hard conversations. You kind of gave Lovey carte blanche for five years, and that bit you. And you got Brett Bielman. It looked like that's a good fix. I don't think Josh Whitman's in any trouble, even if Bielman doesn't work. But you know what? His Q rating in town, that's going to take a major nosedive if this is the second head coaching hire that does not work. And right now, the jury is out. 
and results are not promising. From Anthony, uh, I think, oh, what, let me make sure I get all this. Since nobody saw it, I think people were just going to look at the score and nothing positive from the game. Not that there was much. Josh McCray looked better than usual. He did have some good carries. Uh, four celebratory calzones, sadly, maybe three. The Purdue game is going to haunt the team. I like that. So I think Anthony in the future, when we predict wins, will predict how many celebratory calzones there will be. I like that. Anthony says, I don't think this will be 9 That was a comparison I made earlier. That would mean they only win one more game this year. I don't think it's going to be that dire. I think it's going to be bad, but not that bad. Uh, I listen, I still want them to win. I want this podcast to age poorly. I do. I want to look back at this in November and say, oh, the Purdue game was a turning point and they had to kind of pick up the pieces and start from scratch. I mean, I don't know how many, how many wake-up calls they need. You would have thought 10 nothing against Ford Atlantic would have done it. Apparently not. You would have thought five turnovers against Penn State would have done it. Apparently not. Kansas getting blown out despite the final score. Apparently not. Toledo taking a fourth and four miracle play to win that. Maybe that's a wake-up call. Nope. There are no wake-up calls. So I have no reason to believe that this is going to be a wake-up call and that they're going to say, okay, guys, we got to figure this out. Okay, this is from Truthfully Speaking. I say it, Carp. Brett blew the opportunity from last year's success. He should have hit the portal hard, improving overall team speed. No one wants to admit that losing Corey Patterson hurt, hurt recruiting. Yeah, it could be. That could be. From truthfully speaking, Shadur Sanders' O-line sucks, but the difference is he has athletes that can get separation, which gives him a chance to score a lot of points, even though he got sacked a lot. Speed on defense is badly needed. Yeah, team speed is hurting. I agree with that. Uh, but everything just looks amiss. So it's kind of hard, truthfully speaking, to know if, is it strength? Is it speed? Is it size? Is it all the above? Is it just a lack of execution? Honestly, it's it's everything. At this point, it's everything. <sighs> From Jay, sorry, Bielma isn't the guy. Never has been wherever he's been. We'll see, but it's not feeling good today. That's for sure, Jay. That's for sure. And Jay, one more point here. You said you could see the wheels coming off last year, beginning with the Michigan State game. Boy, oh boy, did we ever. I mean, I, I explained it away the next day in the podcast as, well, that was just a, football's weird. You know, that's kind of my fallback. When I can't explain something, football's a weird game. It is a weird game, but there's no doubt that that sucked the air out of the room and they haven't really recovered since. I mean, tried as we might as Illini fans and 10,000 new season tickets. We tried, doggone it. We said, you know what? We're going to grant you that one and four finish. But then they come out with this and fans are saying, screw you. And you know what? I don't fault them at all for it. Well, I went a little longer than I thought I would for... uh, complain fest but you know what they, they they deserve the vitriol today they deserve the vitriol this week and they don't deserve that many people in the stadium on friday that is your prerogative you do what you want to do i'll be there friday afternoon after school and probably just enjoy some good food it, it looks to be a beautiful night enjoy some good food grill out all that stuff and watch it on a big tv outside of memorial stadium i love that stadium I love the scene. I love college football, but it hasn't given me a lot back. Can't switch teams. You know, you can't choose who you root for. That's just not how it works. And I wouldn't want to switch teams either. But I'm also not going to fall into this trap of, well, I'm going to really absorb all these losses so that when they win, it feels that much better. I know some fans do that. They think that they got to subject themselves to every bit of this and dig their heels in so that when we win, it's that much sweeter. And I say, oh my God, save your sanity. We're talking about 90, 18 to 22 year olds that you've never met that just happen to be wearing your team's colors. It can be so much fun. But when it gets really bad, start asking yourself, how much commitment am I going to put into it? That's what I do. And that answer will vary for each person. For me, emotional divestment, holding these coaches accountable, and demanding competence. I'm not really worried about wins and losses right now. I need to see that this thing might work. I need to see that this coaching staff is better than what they've shown in these five games. 
Otherwise, it is going to be a huge, huge offseason. And I am tired, tired of having to think about the offseason and the myriad of changes that need to be made. That is an Illini football tradition unlike any other. But that's apparently where we're heading. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, everybody. It's a beautiful weekend. Oh, gosh. Yeah, the Bears might get a win today. Who care? Again, who cares with that? But the NFL is a fun product to watch. At least we got that. And, and find the things that make you happy, okay? Whether that's just a diversion, an entertaining diversion, or a true passion or a hobby, don't fall down that rabbit hole. Let, let the anger be there. Let, let that come out. But, man, don't give this program any more time than you feel you need to because right now they don't deserve it and they got to figure some crap out. I appreciate you listening to this vitriolic, hopefully cathartic podcast. Got to thank DP Doe online at dpdoe.com, Owen Builders LLC online at owenbuildersllc.com, Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing at 217-841-4728, and State Farm Agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. We appreciate the sponsors. The way you can support us is supporting DP Doe, Owen Builders, Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing, State Farm Agent Brian Hansen. Also, got to thank Champagne Showers Podcast Network. If you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, that is a big help. Hey, for the few that showed in, I didn't really promote this one at all today. Um, so thanks for tuning in. Sorry that I was wearing my running shorts. Jesus, I look on the YouTube feed and there's my my pale gams. Sorry for that. Probably not a pleasant experience for the viewers. Anywho's it. We'll see you soon. I'll be back midweek for a podcast of some kind. And we'll keep rolling here on the 200 level. I wish there were more positive things to talk about, but you know what? When they're bad, we're going to do our thing too. So in the meantime, take care, everybody. We'll see you soon. It is the 200 level.